Welcome back to the Pro Mum podcast. Um, I realise it's been a little while since I last posted. It was a um, very busy run up to Christmas. Um, But actually, at the end of last year, um, I spoke to Christina Ryan. Um, Christina actually heard about the podcast and reached out to me as she was made redundant on maternity leave. Whilst it was a difficult time for Christina, um, she is now happily working at Mr H as a senior creative. So here's what she had to say about her journey. Um, so tell me a bit about like your background and how you've got to Mr H because you was in LA originally, wasn't yes. you? Yeah. Yeah. So I was born in Sweden. Okay. Um, and when I was twenty, I decided that I wanted to go to LA and be a musician, and um, did that for a little while, for a few years, not terribly successfully, obviously, as you've never heard of me. Um, <laughs> I mean, success is defined by the person, true, some would say, true. but um, what kind of music was it? Um, no, I went to music school and, um, as a singer and a writer and a keyboard player, but then I discovered that, when well, I discovered, I kind of always knew it, that I liked making ads more than music. Um, even as a kid, I was really into advertising. Um, so I, I went to uni and got a degree in advertising, and then I worked as a, an art director for a coffee roaster. FMCG company for about six and a half years actually um, until we decided to come to London. Amazing and did you have a job ready here to come to London? No actually I thought I was going to be able to do that and started dealing with um, recruiters over here uh, when we were still in LA and in LA I'd done a lot of freelancing in the entertainment space as well so I wanted to try to do entertainment here in London Um, because I think when you're in LA you kind of just it just happens. Even if you don't want to, you're gonna work on entertainment clients one way or another. Yeah. Um, but I now I emailed recruiters over here and said, hey, I'm moving over, and of course I would take you seriously until you're actually on the ground. Yeah. So I tried that for about six months, and then I said to my husband, you know, we're just gonna have to pack up and go and sort of take our chances. Yeah. So we sold our stuff and saved up some money, and then got on a plane, and we didn't have a flat, we didn't have jobs. Have family here because my family's in Sweden and his is in the States, and we sort of just took the leap. Wow, scary! Yeah. When you think back, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? But because I'm the one who spearheaded the whole thing, he's you know he was quite happy in LA, and um, I just wanted to come back to Europe. Yeah. Um, my brother had a baby, and she was growing up, not really knowing me because obviously it's a long way. Um, I just wanted the European way of life more yeah. than anything. Um, in LA, you tend to sit in your car for God, three, four hours a day to go a mile, wow. and, and you just don't interact with people. You don't walk, and and I miss sort of the parks and the pubs and the the life yeah. and my family. So now we see my family four or five times a year, as opposed to once. Yeah, which is really nice. So okay, so it's more for you moved more for I guess family rather than yeah. like for a job or anything it was definitely for personal reasons and uh, we also knew that we wanted to have kids at some point and I was not going to have kids in the states um, it's just unless you're wealthy it's just asking for trouble <laughs> um, with the healthcare and everything else the way it is um, yeah so here okay. we are we've been here since 2012 okay came right after the Olympics because we timed it that way we should probably wait until that all dies down yeah 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 
Um, saying that, there's like been a massive boom in, in terms mm. of you know flats and stuff being built and yeah, you know, so it worked out really that, well. So. We live in the east, so okay. east. We live in Bow, so oh, okay, it's not yeah. super east, but yeah. um, obviously that was sort of Olympic Central anyway. Yeah. So nice. Um, so you said that you always knew that you wanted to have, or that you were going to planning to have children. Mm. Um, at, at what point did you know that? You did um, want children, and did you like have a plan in place or? No plan. I'm not great at planning. Um, <laughs> I didn't when I was a little bit younger. I thought I was gonna be just a career woman and work on Madison Avenue in a suit and a tie, and you know, be a creative director by age twenty, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then as I got a little bit older, grew up, I'm like, well, maybe there's a little bit more to life than just work and. And again, I think that folds into having wanted to leave the States because the work life is very different there. You don't have a lot of annual leave and it's not like here where people actually value the balance. Um, so I think when I met my husband is when I was sort of ready to settle down and, and you know, I wanted to have kids when I met him essentially. So yeah. I don't know if it was him or it was maturity or if it was both, whatever it was. But yeah. Then we were, I mean, that would we got married in 2009. So we still waited quite a long time. Yeah. Because you still want to have your shit together. Yeah. Ideally, <laughs> in an ideal world, have If some, there is such a thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have some semblance of adulthood and, yeah, financially and everything else. And then you can plan and plan and plan and then nothing goes to plan anyway. So yeah. it's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you did obviously then come over here, um, what uh, made you decide, like at that point, to have children? Did you feel like uh, you had the security of your jobs and stuff like well, that? Well, I don't even. When we first moved over here, I freelanced because again, yeah. recruiters weren't really taking me seriously until I was on the ground, and then you need to have some money. Like reference, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and references and UK brands. Yeah, um, I found that you know US brands weren't that interesting over here. Yeah. Even though I'd worked on McDonald's, I hadn't worked on McDonald's in London, so nobody actually cared and that kind of really? stuff. So, wow. um, which was great, because I mean, when you're freelancing, you get a lot of you know, contacts and experience, and you get to meet new people, which is what you need when you're completely new. Yeah. Because um, you know, making friends, I think, gets harder the older you get, and also when you're already sort of coupled in or family, then it's even you have, to, Harder, yeah. you have to go to you know a meetup to meet people, and it's so. Whereas in, in uni or whatever, you you just naturally, naturally meet people, yeah, because yeah. other people are in the same situation. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So um, it been so my daughter was born in two thousand fifteen, so we were here for a few years, kind of enjoying the London life and getting settled before we said, sort of, okay, it's ready to, you know, let's give it a go, and then yeah. Um, yeah. And it wasn't really anything to do with job security other than we were sort of settled in and yeah, it just felt right. And so what job was you in at that um, at, at that, that point, point? I was uh, working as a senior designer and a media owner, with a media owner. Okay. So I had, <clears throat> when I was freelancing, I bounced around a little bit and ended up at a media owner as a freelancer and then they offered me a prime role. And uh, my husband at that point was off shooting a film or was getting ready to shoot a film, so I was the, the breadwinner. Yeah. Um, and I think looking back on it, I was more interested in stability than what I actually wanted for a career. Because yeah. media wasn't you know where I'd come from or necessarily where I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, and it was fine in an interim type thing, but I, I didn't 
it wasn't my career path. Yeah. But I, I prioritize stability, I think, and stay there for a little bit. Yeah. And then I got pregnant, and then you're like, well, I've got to stay here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, and, yeah. And how long was, uh, how long had you been there when you fell pregnant? Two, uh, two years. Two years, okay. So did you, um, did they have, like, things in place in terms of, like, what you get for maternity leave or, like, no, nothing? Well, it was a funny one. So they had been owned by an Australian company that I had a whole set up and then been bought up by a smaller one. But the old, the old network, I was, I'd started before they got up by the new people. So I sort of fell into this lucky spot where I did get a maternity package. Okay. Um, but... Then the company went and got bought out, so we, I got two peed right. when I was about eight months pregnant, okay. which is really not something that you want to do <laughs> because no. it was really stressful. So we got bought up by another company and uh, got two peed over to their office. I was there for about three weeks, um, and then I went on maternity leave. Yeah. Um, and then when I was on maternity leave. The company went under again and got bought up by a large media owner. So I got two P again, lost on maternity leave. Right. And for those who don't know what two P is, it's essentially when you buy a company, you have to buy the employees as well. Yeah. <coughs> for a little bit, at least. Yeah. Because that's obviously why you got in contact with me. You'd seen some of the stuff yeah. that I'd done, and then you you said like, whilst I was on maternity leave, like I got made redundant. Yeah. Um. So technically, you got moved to two different companies by yeah. the sounds of it which is crazy yes. within the space of what a few months mm. like yeah they really did not have it together at all um, I think the the company that I, I got to put you first they only survived a few months and then got bought up by this larger media owner and um, yeah it was really stressful yeah you, everything is just kind of hanging in the balance you have this newborn that needs you for everything maternity pay quite frankly here is shit yeah um and i'm from sweden where i'm, I'm sort of expecting it to be a little bit yeah, similar yeah, yeah, where you yeah. get a decent package and um yeah it was a very very stressful time and it definitely took away from being able to relax and enjoy the maternity leave i think yeah because i guess like you said you was kind of there for the stability yeah anyway yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like that's on a minute this is like really unstable so yes. at what point did they tell you you was going to be made redundant then did they like invite you in or did oh, they oh no that's even better oh god uh, <laughs> so um we knew all along we wanted to take advantage of the uh, shared parental so which is where the dad can stay home for a yeah. little bit so at nine months um i went back to work for about two months and my husband stayed home and got to spend time with the baby and um so that would have been september october november um, so beginning of December, end of November, I go back on maternity leave to finish it off. Yeah. And, you know, leaving for Christmas break, all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, I go on Friday and I say, okay, see you guys in January after Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. And then on Monday, I get a phone call saying, oh, yeah, by the way, um, we're getting rid of one of the designers on the team. So, <laughs> Merry well, Christmas. And, and, and it's you? <laughs> like... Well, they were really sketchy about the whole process, and I had never been through it. So I didn't know yeah. how the process worked. Um, I didn't know if it was more than one person they were having conversations with, what my rights were. Yeah. I didn't know that I was allowed to bring somebody into the consultation, so I came in alone, sort of terrified, trying to support a newborn, and they're saying, well, we're going to make you redundant. 
and apparently I had all these rights that they sort of swept under the rug, and I didn't know. Um, yeah, and there was two weeks before Christmas when... Wow. Yeah. It was really, <laughs> really hard time. Yeah. It's just, it's really very, it's not very decent. No. Um, I think more than anything, if I were in the senior management position there, I, I couldn't have done something like that to someone. Yeah. Um, it was good in the way that I'd gone through most of my maternity leave and I had some holiday time to take out and um, it wasn't in the beginning, I think that would have been even more stressful because then you're trying to go to interviews and you have, you know, a newborn. Yeah. Um, and she was set to start nursery in January, so she did and I started interviewing. Yeah. Um, but it was still, I mean, it was, again, being the main breadwinner it's almost like the system's not set up for the female being the male, male breadwinner. Yeah. Um, which is ridiculous. It's 2018. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of pressure, and then, of course, you know. Yeah. Um, so, because I didn't think legally you could make someone redundant whilst they're on maternity. I didn't think so either, so I felt like I was in safe hands, but no. Um, I think in hindsight there was a lot of things that weren't done quite right. You know, I could have gone to tribunal and that kind of stuff, but that cost apparently a thousand pounds, which I wasn't willing to waste on, have, on yeah. that. It's, uh, you've just gone through all your savings trying to stay home with yeah. the baby. Um, so I, you know, it's, it was sketchy at best, I think. Yeah. Um, or how about the legality of it, I just don't know. I'm, I'm, I have to just kind of put it behind me and know yeah. that I will never do that to anyone yeah. when I'm in that position, but yeah, everything happens for a reason, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, do you know, like, the rights and stuff of it now, or is um, there... Sort I'm just quite of. intrigued, like, to well, know, yeah. I mean, there's always ways they can get around it, right? Yeah. Because you can appeal, but you appeal to somebody in the company, and what are they going to do? They're not going to side with you, they're going to side with themselves. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of sort of missing documents that had disappeared in the two P's and say we can't yeah. prove this, we can't prove that because um, and at the end of the day you kind of have to decide, I, I, the attorney I spoke to said you definitely have a case um, for uh, at the very least maternity discrimination um, you have to decide if it's worth it yeah. and I decided it was not because our industry also is kind of funny in that you don't want to make a lot of enemies do you and then no, people talk then. and but then you also have to kind of stand up for yourself and all the women who come behind you, you yeah. who are going to go through the same thing. Yeah. So I think if I had not, if I had been in a better financial decision or position, um, I would have pursued it. Yeah. But I was just worried about I need to get a job and I need to support my family. Yeah. I need. I need. Yeah. The whole thing is I need money. I don't exactly. want to get rid of more of it. Exactly. And of course they knew that. They yeah. Knew that I was they always had you over a barrel, like, really, yeah. didn't they? Um, so, but yeah, and no, I was going back, um, I was, I was back there for two months before, and it was a brand new company, I didn't know anyone because I'd just been too big, yeah. and I'm nursing, and you know, bringing a breast pump to work, and it's just the worst. Yeah. Um, they'd set me up in some supply closet that didn't even lock, and people would walk in on me, and my breast ready, you know, and I'm stuck to a pump, and I'm like, hi, yeah. I'm, I'm the new girl. So it was just all. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I shouldn't really laugh, but it's no, the, the vision is quite funny. Oh, you have now, to. now, now. Yeah. I mean, you have to. At that, at the time, I just kind of went home and I just cried to my husband. But what yeah. are you going to do? You're going to have to just suck it up because again, there's this little person who's depending on you. Yeah. And 
yeah. In hindsight, I can laugh at it, but it was not fun. At it, the time, It was yeah. pretty rough. And then enduring that for two months, and then they're like, yeah, actually, we're just going to go ahead and make you redundant. So, see you later. Oh, Merry gosh. Christmas. Did you feel looked down upon because you were, were on maternity leave, you'd come back for two months? Did you feel like there was almost a prejudice towards you? Um, I think so. I think maybe not so much in the new company as in the people who were sort of coming through. The management from the original company, I think, had a hard time with it. Because the first thing that happened when I fell pregnant was that I stopped being invited to the pub. It's like, oh, you can't drink anyways. You can just stay here and answer the phones, essentially. I'm like, oh, great. Are you joking? Fun. Fridays. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, they didn't say that. No, but no, no. Everyone else sort of buggered off to the pub. and oh. There's that no invite whatsoever, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm pregnant, so... Um, you know how media is. Lime, I mean, you party a lot in media, yeah, right? Yeah, so. but you can have a lime and soda. Uh, I and do. I can guarantee you'll probably be more fun. <laughs> I could do, yeah. Um, but no, it was it was a funny old time. And you, I mean, you're trying to navigate this new change. And we were moving as well because we were living in a one-bed flat in Mile End. Um, and Gosh, wanted yeah. to, so there was a lot going on, um, which maybe it's good because you don't have time to sort of worry about all the... About one, about one thing, <laughs> yeah. you can just like, oh, I've worry about that for too long, I think you stick around this one. Now that's happening. Uh, but no, I mean, a lot of people were very supportive, of course. My The friends in my company and um, my uh, the uh, head of marketing is a very close friend of mine. He was amazing, supported me through all the, the scary bits. He sort of just kind yeah. of helped me. But no, it was... Uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so who did you... Who else did you turn to, like in that time was there anyone that no because I didn't really know my A I didn't know my rights I didn't know where else to turn really so I just you know went got through Christmas um, and my mum had gotten really they were supposed to come over my mum and my dad and then my mum got really sick uh, and I'm laughing because she's fine now but she was uh, not doing well over Christmas as well so it was literally everything piling up and then Christmas Eve, my daughter gets a fever and she gets fever convulsions. So we're in the Sodding Hospital on Christmas Eve. Oh my gosh. Um, in Whitechapel Hospital. She's hooked up to an IV. And you're just kind of like, all right, well, this has all worked out yeah. fantastically. So uh, it could only get better, really. <laughs> um, and at what point did you feel like it got better? I guess this is probably a good segue there. It's like, <laughs> it's almost like I do this for a living. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, it was actually good to not have a job the first couple of months of her being in nursery, and that's advice I would give to anyone. Get them in nursery before you have to go back, because the amount of sickness and germs they bring back. I mean, she was in nursery about three days, sick two days out of every week. So if you have a full-time job, it's almost impossible to juggle it, because you have this baby who's constantly sick. You're constantly sick, because they're bringing home germs. So essentially all of January was that, and then um, I was interviewing and I started working with Mr. H in February. Okay, so, so it, it was the place that you yeah, are. Yeah, 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 so it was quite quick. Yeah. Um, one thing I found when I was talking to recruiters and even direct with agencies was that they weren't super keen on hiring returning moms. Right. Um, there was one, one recruiter told me flat out, he said, this agency will not hire uh, working mums or returning mums with young children. And so what did, what was your 
response at that point? Uh, well, I don't want to work there anyway, essentially. Because yeah. <laughs> at that point, you get kind of defiant. I don't want to work for a place where your only value is that you can be there 9 to 5 and sit at a desk as opposed to the ideas you bring to the table. Because, you know, we, we're creatives. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't happen at your computer. It can happen in the middle of the night, on the tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was surprising in the number of agencies, though, who don't tolerate... Uh, and I don't want to say parents, because it's not the dads, even though they have the same issues as the moms do, but um, returning moms, working moms with young kids, um, because, you know, there's going to be days when she's sick, and there's going to be nursery runs, and you have responsibilities outside of work, but that doesn't mean I'm not committed to my job. Yeah. So um, I learned pretty quickly that um, when I was in the interview, even the initial interview, this is who I am, this is my situation, I'm a creative, but I'm also a mom. And if yeah. you hire this bit, you have to hire that bit. And yeah, yeah. You know, then you find a place that, that works. Yeah. I think you have to have that confidence, don't you, yeah. to kind of be up, up front about what yeah. you want, because if not, then you're not going to, if you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it. Yeah. And also you're going to be in a job that you don't, it, it doesn't fit your life, yeah. and then you, you have to be able to stay there anyway because it's not sustainable. Yeah. So I'd rather be upfront about what I'm after as much as the company's after because it's a, it's a give and give, really. Yeah. Um, and why do you think, like the recruiters and that were saying that, what do you think mm. like company's main He was actually, is? he was just being honest and I really valued it. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was a father of young kids as well, and he said, you know, essentially, you really don't want to work there. Um, as a parent, I'm like, fine, that's excellent. That's yeah, yeah. I'd rather he tell me than yeah. you learn the hard way. You start, and then it's all wrong. So, it was as harsh as it sounds. I think it was really nice and decent of him to do it, and I valued yeah. it. Oh no, definitely. I guess it's more um, like you said in two thousand and eighteen. Mm. Why have we still got companies that are kind of saying we don't want we don't want working mums or yeah. we don't want returning mums yeah um and it, it's just kind of like it, is it still that backwards that it's like what because like you said they're not motivated enough like because i'd argue that they are because they have to be because yeah. they have to be up early enough each morning to <laughs> god <laughs> um no i think that's exactly it and i think it's the assumption that a working mum again not a working dad can't stay late or run a pitch or you know work till midnight if we have to. Um, I mean, obviously, that's not something I can do or want to do every day. No. But if there's something going on, then of course you do it. That's yeah. part of the job. That's part of the responsibilities. And and when we got into this industry, we know how it works. Yeah. Um, for me, personally, we don't have family here again, so it, it's difficult. Um, but I have a partner who's as much of a parent as I am. And yeah. when she's sick, he stays home as much as I do. We split the days, it's it's even. Um, and I, I don't even know how single parents do it. It's, yeah. But I think without some sort of help, it would be really difficult. Because again, I mean, there are days like today when he has to go pick her up early because, you know, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in terms of childcare then, is it literally just between the two of you and obviously the nursery? Yeah. Like you've never had like a nanny or like a... We had a Any other help. We've had a sitter once. We went to go see it when that came out, <laughs> and that's it. Because then, you know, it's 
it's really expensive. I mean, it's yeah, probably yeah, 50, yeah. 60 quid on top of the night you're already yeah. having. Um, and also, there's it's really crap to leave your kid for the first couple of times. I mean, you just kind of, yeah. I just want to hold her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know it's uh, having family would have been a wiser choice to live closer to family, but I'm trying to get them to move to London, but it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms of like your work week, then are you? Mm-hmm. Um, it, you just you were saying that you do the um, evening pickup, don't you? Yeah. Your so husband does the drop off. Exactly. And then you do the pickup. So yeah. like, what kind of time is that? So I work um, around eight forty-five to about five twenty or so. Okay. Um, so I can get to nursery by six. Okay, so it's fairly um, close yeah. then. Yeah. yeah. So the rest of the agency work. Yeah, we we're in Farringdon, so we're I mean, it's a nice commute. Um, the rest of the agency work nine to six. But yeah. that was another thing when I was interviewing. I said, these are the hours that I need to keep. Yeah. Um, and it, it's just kind of. That's how it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that sounds harsh, but I mean. No, it's not. This is how my life is, and and is it okay if I flex my hours? Yeah. And you know, again, two thousand eighteen flexes should be pretty standard yeah um, and they were completely cool with it so, yeah. yeah do you find that at the end of that working day and then like once you put your daughter's bed that you're working at home or is that literally like um, it depends the majority of the time is it that is that it I cannot stand when I have a little red icon on my email so if I have an email I will read it um, yeah. they will say the agency and the partners in particular are very good about capping emails when you're on holiday they don't send you emails when Sort of after hours, <clears throat> unless it's something going on. Yeah. Um, that being said, if there's a pitch, then I don't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Um, I'll be after she goes to bed. I'm trying to think of things or ideas. Yeah. And I mean, again, it comes with the territory of being the creative. Is that you have it's it's thinking, right? It's not necessarily putting numbers on a spreadsheet or tangible output. It's it's thought. Yeah. yeah. And that's sort of twenty four seven. Yeah. It's a pain sometimes. It? No, <laughs> no, but the thing is, is you enjoy doing it, don't yeah. you? But I guess I mean like any like real solid work where you're having to get yeah. your ideas down or, you know, doing decks or anything yeah. like that. It sounds like yeah, that's I mean, pretty much left to the I try to get that done during the yeah. working day. Um, but, if, I mean, again, if it has to be done, it has to be done. Yeah. Sort of. We're a good team and everyone supports each other, but it, it's I think it's really important to be willing to muck in and, and I'll say, well, I'm, I'm not in the office yeah um so if you know if anyone needs anything then we all sort of help each other yeah which is great and do you feel like you've got like a support network as like a mum and in terms of your career like do you have any external mm. groups that you go to or um, um anyone within the agency that's in the same position as you well not yet but my there's only 11 of you <laughs> yeah but my co-worker and, and good friend um senior uh account manager has fallen pregnant with twins. Oh, amazing. So, yeah, so she's um, going to be joining me in the, the motherhood trench pretty yeah. soon. Uh, and outside of work, um, I think through nursery, I've met sort of obviously other parents and we try to communicate. But then, you know, again, time with family, I, I, I'd rather spend time with family than sort of force socializing. Yeah. Socializing in, uh, in groups. I tried it when I was on maternity leave. I went to one of those coffee meetup things, and, yeah. and only one other girl turned up. Not even the organizers. And, really and we're good friends now, so we had <laughs> that's one way to do it. <laughs> we had a whale of a time. Maybe they've done it on purpose. <laughs> they just like secretly match you. Yeah, it's like Match. dot com, but for moms. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, no, it's I did that once. I was like, ah, I made a friend. Now I'm done. 
Yeah. Because um, the whole forced socialising isn't really my bag. I'm not. No, you either <laughs> no, but you get on. You either get on with people. Yeah. Or, exactly. Or you don't like. Yeah. You don't yeah, yeah, to yeah. force that. Into, yeah, I get that. Um. So going just like back a little bit sorry um did you find that it really like knocked your confidence at that time then or was there just so much going on that you didn't even have time to kind of think about it or no of course it did yeah because i was singled out and made redundant and made me feel like shit yeah um you know you essentially you feel like you're not good enough and um I think that's inevitable. Yeah. And I would say if somebody else is in a position trying not to feel that way, but you're going to feel that way. Yeah. Because it, it's just, it's human nature. I think as a creative, you're always already feeling that. You sort of have an imposter system, yeah. syndrome that oh, I'm not really that good at my job. I'm just faking it. I'm going to be found out. Oh, shit. Um, so, yeah, no, definitely. Um, but it was just a matter of getting back on the horse and realizing uh it was them, not me. Yeah. Because <laughs> how did you build that confidence back up? Was it literally, I guess it was fight or flight by the sounds of it, because you just yeah. knew that you needed to get the money in. So. Well, I had no choice, yeah. And yeah. I wasn't going to not work. That wasn't an option. Um, as nice as it would be to be a lady of leisure, no. Um, it's not <laughs> for me. And, you know, I wanted to get in there as, as quickly as possible and get back in the industry. And, and I, it was a good opportunity, in hindsight, to get back in advertising. Yeah. as opposed to media because I didn't want to be in media um, I wanted to be back in advertising I just you know the stability was tempting me to stay and then you're pregnant you're like well I gotta stay now and then I have a baby so I gotta stay now yeah. as opposed to actually going after what I wanted to do and what my actual degree and background is yeah so. yeah Everything happens for a reason. Yeah. I was going to say, do you feel like it was almost like a blessing in yeah, disguise? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. my God, absolutely. So much better. Yeah. Better job, better company, better people, um, fun clients. So, yeah. No, everything about it is... Better. Has been, yeah, much, much better. So that's really good. Yeah. But it was a terrible time. Yeah. So, but then you get through it. And so what advice, would, if someone else was going through that now that you knew of like what mm. advice would you kind of give to them to it's tough because I think you have to go through the whole process of it's almost like a breakup right or a, yeah. of grieving that you go through all the stages of really pissed off and then you're sad and then you sort of start letting it go and um but I think the most important thing is to know your rights because I yeah. didn't and I felt like I was entirely alone and just Nobody, obviously, the company was going to help me. That wasn't in their interest. Yeah. Um, I had no idea what my rights were, and I got absolutely schnookered for it. So, yeah. Because um, yeah. I'm guessing, I don't feel like a lot of that stuff's in your contract. Oh, no, they lost all the contracts in the two piece. So. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> See how that works. Yeah. But um, even like when I think of like contracts that I've had, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just because it's like it's not on my mind and it's not on my radar, so I've just kind of like skimmed over it. Mm. But I don't feel like there's any real nitty gritty of, you know, what happens in redundancy, what's your rights or anything like that. Because no. I guess in the companies, um, it's not in their interest to do that because no. why would they want you to know your yeah, rights? Exactly. So have you through this process found out? Um, where you can find out your exact rights from. Yeah, so, um, God, what is the name of that organisation? The Workers' Rights... 
Citizens Advice Bureau kind Citizens of place. Citizens Advice is good, and then there's another one, it's a couple of initials, but I mean, I think in the first instance, calling NAPS is good because they'll at least tell you where to go. They couldn't give me the answers that I wanted, um, but they could tell me where to go. Um, because it almost feels like I've been having conversations about this recently mm. is pe- companies need to be more upfront about it so even like how their maternity and stuff works yeah. because at the end of the day if I go for an interview and I'm thinking about having a family at some mm. point it might not even be now but I know that I want to have one and I go into an interview mm. and I say so um, how did your maternity work? You're not going to get hired are you? Like, straight away, no matter how much we shouldn't and, mm. it, you know, it, it shouldn't affect it, we all know that mentally in that person's head they're going to be like, oh, she's not, she's not up for this. Yeah. You know, she's not, she's got other, she's got another agenda. Yeah. Um, and it shouldn't be like that. But Because actually, is. I might not have kids for another three years because one, mm. I can't conceive or, you know, any, any given reason. Yeah. Um, and it's like, actually, that should just be upfront on people's website. Yeah. Because then it's for you to go and find that for yourself without having to... Because the other thing is, it's just, even if you are already in a company and you're like, oh, I really need to start finding out what my rights are. Yeah. To go to HR, like, you've then got HR going like, so... Uh, well, then guess who's not going to get promoted? Yeah, or, or get pay yeah, rises yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're looking to get pregnant. Then, or... Or even going like, oh, we need to get rid of some people, like you're saying. Yeah. Or not even that, just the fact that maybe you don't want other people in the business to know your personal life. Yeah, yeah. At that point, do you know what I mean? Because you might actually, again, really struggle with conceiving mm. to then have someone in as nice as they might be trying to be going like, oh, so uh, you're thinking about it then? Yeah. Every couple of months or something. You shouldn't have to be. You shouldn't have to talk about pressure. it at all. Yeah. It's for you. I mean. Uh, I found the maternity policy, well, I was given it when I started at the first company. Yeah. And I think the last one had it as well, but it wasn't as good as the one I was already on. But then there are companies who are really doing a good job. So Talent, for instance, again, yeah. media, I mean, they do six months fully paid oh, wow, um, as one of the benefits, which is amazing. And yeah. you, that's a way to lure people. And you clearly want to have, if you're doing that, and you're clearly interested in, in getting women, on your workforce, and that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, we, if nobody's having babies, we all benefit from somebody having had a baby at some point in their life, otherwise we wouldn't be here. Yeah. So it's, shunning mums just it infuriates me. But even by doing that, for instance, that six month fully paid, mm. actually I think that would encourage more men to take paternity and not shy away from it as yeah. much, because they won't feel that pressure because they can go, if they are the main breadwinner, mm. they can go, well, it doesn't matter because I can take that six months yeah. because the money will still be coming in. Because yeah. I think there's as much pressure now on men to a certain extent mm. of that they can't be in touch with their feelings, they can't be seen to be wanting to be at home with their children. And it's like, actually, no, you've got to do what's right for you. Yeah. Like, um, We've never actually even gone down that route. My husband wants to be home with a baby and that was never up for discussion yeah. and he went for a new job recently and he said you know I I drop my daughter off every morning so that's you know my that's life that. yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really important that that's supported because then if, if you don't support the working dads 
then again that has a knockdown effect on the working moms and making them not come back to work because the dad has to go to work and make the money. Yeah. So then mom doesn't get to return. And I mean, it, it's a whole trickle down. It, and the money's not good enough that you can stay home really on yeah. maternity leave anyway. So there has to be programs in place, um, especially as you sort of come up in pay grades. Um, I don't know if you know, but maternity pay is not based on salary. If you don't have a package. It's just statutory, isn't it's, it? Yeah, yeah. So, it's you know 130 something a week which you know in london that's not going to even touch through. the sides yeah so <laughs> there has to, we have to do better yeah because you're saying um obviously in sweden yeah. um they've got like better policies which i have heard of before but yeah. of interest what, what are so, they like um i think it's 80 percent of your salary for a year and a half between the two parents wow. so the dad has to take some legally he has to take a few months at least, but ideally they want them split, yeah. which is great because the dad's as much of a parent as the mum is, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's which obviously it's paid for by taxes. The taxes are higher than here. Okay, I was going to say economically, how does that yeah. like? But you work, also get people coming back and being able to to provide for their families yeah. as opposed to, you know, yeah, we have one kid and maternity pay is so bad that if there's not it's just not fair yeah, yeah I think yeah. if you are a high income earner yeah. and your outgoings are of a certain level that you only get minimum wage essentially how are you yeah. supposed to take your outgoings down to that level and provide for a family for an extra person as yeah. well yeah and again it goes back to what I was saying that it, it's all set up for the mom couldn't possibly be the higher earner yeah because yeah. then you know, yeah, yeah. It, it's all set up for mums to, to not make money and stay home, really. So and it's very in, dated. Yeah, because in Sweden, do they do people really moan about the tax, or do they kind of like... I know everyone does yeah, to a certain yeah, extent, I mean, but like, do they see the benefit of it for that reason? I think it depends. I mean, the taxes are very high. Um, okay. I haven't lived there for a better part of two decades, so... Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly what they are, but I think anyone knows about everything, to be honest with you. But <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Like here, Any we, opportunity. <laughs> I mean, we, we pay, obviously, for the NHS here, um, whereas in the States, you don't pay taxes yeah. for healthcare, but you pay insurance instead. And I, I will take the NHS over a horrific insurance system any day of the week, and I would actually want to pay more taxes for the NHS. I think it's amazing. So, how would you say the whole experience has kind of affected your career path? Obviously, we've talked about the whole marketing and advertising thing, but mm. would you say that it's like focused you more in a way? Yeah, I think so, and I think it's set me up in a better position than I was before, to be honest with you, because I am, um, you know, I, I'm back on track. Yeah, where uh, I want to be and I'm working in a company where I want to be working on clients that I want to be working on um, and it's really like when you have to start balancing being somebody's parent and also working and, and being somebody's agency yeah it's a lot of work yeah and it's it really kind of tells you you can do so much more than you think because about 10 years ago, I was knackered after just normal work. Yeah, and now, you know, I haven't slept in a couple of years, and, and you know, there's a person who relies on me entirely, and my husband, of course, 
Um, not that he relies on me. She relies on him as well, is what I was trying to say. She relies on the both of us, um, and we both have full-time jobs. Yeah. And you can do you you can do it all really. You have to. There's gonna have to be allowances. Yeah. So, no, I can't go to the pub on a Friday afternoon or a night at seven or eight with the rest of the team. Uh, we're not a big drinking agency as it is, um, so which is kind of nice actually. So there's not a lot of things I miss out on. So it sounds like you've got quite like a strong partnership, I'd say, yeah. from what from what you're saying, that almost is kind of leading to that success, because it sounds like you've both got a great understanding of each other's careers and the fact that you're wanting to parent together. Yeah, so we, we both want to be parents, which is yeah. good. Yeah. It would be unfortunate if... <laughs> it wasn't like that. No, but, but there is, like, it sounds like your husband um, is very open, you know, he, he doesn't feel like he has to be the breadwinner and he has to no. do this. And, and he wants to be a hands-on parent. Yeah, he yeah. wants to do half the pickups and half the sick days and, and all the stuff. that He just wants to be there and, and share it with me and support me and support Georgie, um, our daughter. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, there are times when my career has to take, you know, priority and sometimes his career has to take priority. Yeah. So last year we were doing a shoot in Norway and... Um, I was still nursing, so they had to come, and he had to, you know, take annual leave and come with me to Norway. Um, and then earlier this year, there was a shoot in Cayman um, for a campaign, but he was working on a, he was working 24 hours a day, essentially, um, on a project, on a film, and it meant that my career had to sort of step back, and I couldn't go on the shoot. Yeah. Because we both have to do it together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's important that as much as I wanted to go on that shoot and the clients wanted me to go on the shoot and I felt like I was literally letting everybody down by mm -hmm. not doing it. I was letting Georgie down by trying to make it work to go on the shoot and I was letting the client down by not being able to and then I was letting the agency down by letting the client down it's a, and then at the end of the day you're just beating yourself up every which way but I did my best. The pictures are beautiful. The shoot went off without a hitch, and we got the product anyway. Um, but you can't have everything you want all the time. Yeah. When when you're partners, you have to give and take. And at that point, he was uh, the film he was working on was really demanding, and it just had to take priority because yeah. he just wasn't around. To, he couldn't jet off on a plane or even pick her up early. I was he was going to work at five in the morning and coming home at eight. Right. So I was doing pick up and drop off, and <coughs> it was. Yeah, that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah. And then next time it'll be me. and You'll be like, I'm going to Cayman. <laughs> I'll see you and later. And I'm staying for an extra week for a holiday, <laughs> love. Just to make up for that other time. Exactly, right? <laughs> but yeah, I was like, what, what kind of person says they can't go to Cayman? Well, who does that? <laughs> who turns down that shoot? <laughs> oh, I know. And here I am in rainy London. And uh, yeah. But, but it sounds up like it worked out. The work works out anyway. It did. I mean, it always does, doesn't it? You cannot beat yourself up endlessly, and you can't do it all. Um, there's always a way. And I was on call sort of 24 hours a day digitally and looking at yeah. dailies and reviewing shoots and shots and talking to photographers. And, you know, I said, what's up? I mean, because it's obviously a time difference. Right? Yeah. I don't care if it's three in the morning. I'll have my phone on. So if you need me, um, you have to be w willing to sort of give a little bit. Yeah. But my agency was really understanding, and one of the partners went out in my place, which was amazing. I'll bet they did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was bloody hard work, too, I'm sure. They got up very early, yeah. got home late. But, yeah. Um, so it was, 
you know, they're very understanding of who they hired and, and what my needs are as much as their needs. And, yeah. and I care a lot about my job and I'm really committed to the job and the agency. Um, but it also means that they're committed to me. Yeah. So I mean, you it, it's give and take, and I think if you're putting in commitment and love in your work, it should come back. Yeah. So, and how? What would you say? I just find it quite interesting because it felt it feels like culturally you've really found somewhere that really works for you, mm. which is amazing. Like, would you say there's anything you've done or anything that they done that you think made sure that this was a really good fit? Um, I think I was honest in the interview Yeah. more than anything. Um, I walked in there and I said, well, I got made redundant, I'm attorney to leave, and I'm looking for a new job, and I have to pick up my kid at nursery at 5.30 or 6, and yeah. here I am, take me yeah. as I am, sort of. And in return, they said, this is what we're looking for, this is what we need. Um, and then if both parties agree, then... Yeah. Just that honesty. Cause I, I think, think yeah, yeah. If you're not honest with with the agency and in, in, in the interview stage even, then you're going to end up in a situation that's, like we said before, it's not sustainable and you're not going to be happy. Yeah. Because if you're saying, yeah, yeah, I can do this, I can do this, even though you know that actually that's going to make me really unhappy in the long run or it's going to be too much or too stressful, then no. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, again, it's 2018. We have... The internet. There's a great yeah. thing called the internet. We can all work from anywhere in the world. So if Georgie's sick, then again we split the days, and I can work from home, and my ideas can be just as good if I have a pig in the background or if I'm in the office. And sometimes better, I'd imagine. Yes, sometimes <laughs> much better. <laughs> a little bit more psychedelic, but yeah. <laughs> a few oinks in there as well. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a give and take, and. I really think that as much as employees are expected to be committed to their jobs, the agencies have to be committed to them in return, otherwise it just doesn't work. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I think that's really good. Sounds like you've struck a really um, good balance. Um, so what do you wish you'd been able to prepare yourself for in terms of parenthood? Uh, I should have slept more. <laughs> Um, and she's not a good sleeper. She only just slept through the night for the first time a couple of days ago when she's two and a half. Wow. So, yeah, she, uh, but I'm also not much of a sleeper though. I'm, I'm happy on about six hours or so, so I'm okay with it. Um, the sleep's always going to be gone anyway. You're never going to, nobody's going to have a kid and then have a full night's sleep for the rest of their lives. Yeah, yeah. Um. No, honestly, though, in, as far as parenthood, I think I, I probably should have read up a little bit more on how things work in this country as far as nursery and, and that kind of stuff. Just the practical bits, really. Yeah. Because I we turned up to nursery when she was about six months old, and they laughed in our face and said, oh, well, get on the waiting list. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, I mean, planning, just... I'm a very structured type. I like to have stability, and I want to know exactly what goes in, what goes out, how things work. And um, I should have maybe done some more research on that. But I wouldn't really change a thing, no. actually. It, it all got me here, and you know, it's it's all good, really. I wouldn't 
change anything. Yeah. We, uh, my husband and I were talking about that the other day. So if it's not, if it hadn't been that one day where she was conceived, she'd be a different kid. Yeah. So every single decision I've made in my entire life has led to this one kid who I love more than anything. Yeah. So if I changed anything, it's like the butterfly effect. Then, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. a different kid. So yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so if you could give yourself one piece, if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice in terms of your career, what would that be? Um, spend less time in music school because student loans are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and crack on with the advertising right away. Um, and I think mainly the, the biggest advice is probably I should have prioritized career wants over stability. Yeah. Um, at several points in my career. Okay. Um, so I was 38 when I had Georgie, which means I'd done a whole bunch of young person stuff before then. Yeah. Not to say that I'm not young anymore, but you know what I mean. So uh, you've got uh, things out of your system. Yeah. yeah. And I've lived in lots of places and traveled and, and done all that stuff. So there's nothing that on a Saturday night I'm not sort of itching to go to, you know, the club or yeah. It, it's. I've lived for me, and now I'm really happy to live for her while yeah. she's little. Because I think when they're at this age, you have to give yourself to them 100%. Yeah. Because um, they're only little for such a short time, and they need you so much. Um, and then she's going to bug her off with her friends and not want to talk to me when she's 15. <laughs> so I think for me personally, the way I want a parent is that now these early years are all about her and making her happy. Yeah. Um, and that's easy for me to say because I have a career that fulfills me. So Monday to Friday, I can go to work and do something really fun and be really happy in my career. And then evenings and weekends, it's all about what she wants to do and how to make her happy. Yeah. So it's really the best of both worlds because as long as, if you do something fun for a living, then you know it's not and dreading going yeah, to work yeah. and, and it being boring. It's you know. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have that. Yeah. <laughs> So was you, you obviously you're saying that you were classed as a geriatric mother, <laughs> um, was you ever worried about obviously having kids um, that little bit older? For instance, right, I'm 27, I'm cool as a cucumber right now, <laughs> not, not, really, not really bothering me, but I've got friends mm. that are going, oh I'm 27. Or I better start thinking about it. Or I've not got long, and the you know they they're really worrying about like I've, I've got this time frame that I need to have children in. Um, you don't though, really. I mean, I've never thought that way. I, I've yeah. never really felt the pressure that I have to be married by this age. I have to do this by this age. Yeah. I married my husband when I was thirty. No, I met him actually when I was thirty. Um, and then we waited quite a while to have kids because there's no rush really. I yeah. mean, biologically, yes, at some point your body's going to say, I'm done. Yeah. But not at 38 and certainly not at 27. Um, so I think unless you're mentally and emotionally ready, then yeah. you shouldn't be rushing into it just because you're worrying that things are going to dry yeah. up. Yeah, no, but that is work. what they're saying. And I think, I don't know whether it's the media or articles and stuff, mm. where obviously people are saying it's a lot harder to conceive after the age of 35. And so, you yeah, know... Yeah, people are doing it every day, though. So exactly. And I guess 
It can I be hard to conceive a twenty too. You just never know what you're doing. If it's hard, yeah, yeah. If if it's if it's going to be hard to conceive for you, yeah, potentially exactly. that could be could be. Any, yeah, it's it's just really interesting because mm. you, you say in that, and like for instance, my mum, she had my little sister. Um, we were eleven years apart, so she had oh, wow. my little sister at thirty nine. Yeah, fine. But I guess it's each individual person, isn't it? But I feel like there's a little bit of bit of scaremongering really at the moment yeah. in terms of. I don't know what it is. There's obviously stuff online that people are reading and hearing about that it's harder and it's they think their cut-off point really is 35. Mm. And it's like, like you said, it's I mean, like, you it hear that as a magic like number. That. Yeah. But that, I think that's sort of old, though, because people are having kids later on yeah. later. People are traveling more and people are living longer. So it's everything is, is switching a little bit. Um, and the joy of being older, too, is that you don't, care as much what people say yeah so I am a lot less affected by the scaremongering because I'm, I'm old now <laughs> so you're not old no I'm not old but even you know you you know confidence comes with age it would be great if you could be sort of 20 and have a 40 year old confidence but yeah um I know what's right for me and my family more than uh, Facebook ads do or yeah, yeah. actually they're actually scaringly on point though to be fair um, <laughs> that's because Siri's listening Siri is listening I'm waiting for it to go listening. off at this particular moment <laughs> well we have Google we have yeah. um, hey Google at home and we'll just be having a random conversation and she'll go oh, I can't help you with that piss off I bought you for the Spotify so I don't really need you to do anything else um, but no I mean, if, of course there is but you can't listen to what anyone else says if it's not right for you in this moment, then it's not right. And yeah. If you do, if if anyone does something for reasons other than their own, it's always gonna be a mess. I think. Yeah. And not so work out the, the way no, that you want it to work out, is it? No. There's really? no rush. It's it, it's all cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you said, there's so many. I know it would be upsetting, but that could happen at any time. Yeah. And I guess yeah, it's just. There's so many things, options out there now as well. Like absolutely, being able to freeze and IVF, and it's all yeah. becoming like obviously more advanced. And it's just yeah. kind of like, like you said, if if you're not ready, then it's probably not going to work out quite you, as you wanted it to anyway. You can't plan for disaster anyway. If you plan for disaster, you're just going to be stressed out. Um, you yeah. kind of have to just go with it. And the way we looked at it was like, well, we'd like to have a baby, and if we can't, then we'll worry about that down the road. Um, and I don't really know how else to to live really because I'm I worry I'm a worrier I will make up these insane scenarios in my head where the world has literally ended um, and I'm trying very much to be better at that because that's the way to live just yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you worry about everything as opposed to eh, it'll be fine I think actually this process has helped me there because I'm very much a sort of in, in coming in and going yeah. out and I, I need to have control of my money and, and no stability and this up, uprooted everything and now I'm kind of like, yeah, it worked out it was great and my husband on the flip side is very much it'll be fine type of person Yeah. so I'm trying to take a little bit of that and I, it'll all work out and it'll be better in the end anyway yeah so. it's like you've taken that that learning from it, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, you can you can use that now. Um, do you find you worry more now that you've got a child, though? Because everyone says that it really puts everything into perspective. Uh, like it kind of changes your view. Worry as much in your life. I'm worried about everything, because 
again, it, it's easier now when she can speak and, yeah. you know, she's can tell me if something's wrong with her. When they're babies, you don't know, and if they get a fever, they can't tell you why. Yeah. And when she goes to, to nursery, she's away from me, and I don't know what's happened. You just yeah, worry about yeah, everything, yeah. every single thing, um, because the most important thing in my life is keeping her safe, Yeah, obviously. And, um, yeah, no, I think it's absolutely true that parents just are going to worry forever. Yeah. When she's going to be a teenager going out with her friends, I'm going to be extremely worried. Yeah. So it, it just, it comes it just never goes away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, so what do you think companies could be doing to, you know, make it better for parents? Um... Well, first hire parents. Yeah. Be willing to hire parents even if they have young kids returning because we're just as good at our jobs as we were before, if not even better, because multitasking and yeah. creativity and everything else that sort of comes into your mind. Um, and flex, really. It's not about sitting at your desk at certain amounts of hours. It's about the work you put in. Um, so I think companies increasingly are really open to flex, um, but it's really, really important, I think, to be, you know, time sheets and, and hours in the office and that kind of stuff. You have to be willing to give and take, Yeah. and that's how you build loyalty, really, because if you're treating your employees right, they're going to want to stay. Yeah. Um, so it's, everything has a benefit. Yeah. So. And I'm going to do a, a quick fire. You're like, oh gosh. Okay. Oh dear, I'll say something. Um, so, to finish the sentence, I'm happiest when? Um, with my family. Um, being successful means? Being happy. Biggest change I'd like to see in the industry is? Um, companies investing in their employees. And as advertisers, we're really keen on building brand loyalty. Yeah. And we should understand loyalty more than any other industry. And I think it's really important to have employees that are cared for um, and then they get more back, I think, and give more back. Perfect, thank you. So that was another Pro Mum podcast. Um, I hope you found that useful. Um, thank you to Christina for sharing such a challenging time with us um, in her life but it's it's really good to hear that it's all worked out for the best now it would seem um, which is brilliant um, the music on this podcast is called Good Morning and credit goes to the composer Audio Binger if you would like to be featured on Pro Mum or know someone who would you can get in touch at promum.net